Good afternoon, Rich Nass, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design Franchise here for this week's Embedded Executive Podcast. This week, my Embedded Executive is Masood Tahidian, and he is with Qualinks, and he is the CTO and Managing Partner. Did I say the name of the company right? Is, is it Qualinks, Masood? Yes. Yes, that is correct. Good. First try, I got it right. So I'm on, so I'm on a roll here. So for the audience, they may not be familiar with you guys. Um, you do digital RF, and that's not something that we hear a lot about. So before we even get into this, what is digital RF? Yeah. Um, so if I want to answer this question, uh, I should a uh, little bit uh, give you some backgrounds. Uh, so if you have seen the trend for uh, SOC design system on a chip design. Normally in digital design, all people try to scale down all digitals to a, a lower process node. So uh, with that one, when we uh, uh, go to lower process node, the power consumption goes down, the chip becomes uh, more power efficient and the price uh, goes down. The only bottleneck that is stopped doing that is the analog RF part. So there is an interest to make also the RF part like digital so that it can be scalable. So what we do in digi with digital RF is that the RF front end of any kind of radio, we turn that one into something that is very similar to digital and then uh, people can benefit from scaling down the uh, process node from let's say old processes like 65 nanometers to finer processing. You said similar to digital. So is it actually digital or is it similar to digital? Uh, it's similar to digital. I cannot say that it is 100% digital. For example, uh, frequency synthesizer, uh, normally in conventional way, you have uh, some analog part, charge foam, and a lot of analog stuff, and it goes to a director, we change the capacitor, and we change the frequency and tune it to certain number. With digital RF, the concept is to use all digital PLL. So instead of most of the uh, analog part, we use exactly digital, uh, digital uh, infrastructure and circuits that is, they are very low codes. At the end, instead of going to a director to tune the frequency, we go to a switch cap, pure on-off switch cap to tune the uh, frequency with some delta sigma. So that part is kind of uh, completely digital. Mm -hmm. But if you consider other parts, like for example, receiver, on the receiver, still we are operating in analog domain, but we move into discrete time domain. So we sample the frequency, the signal at a very high sampling rate frequency. Let's say in GNSS case, we go up to six giga sample per second, process everything with circuits that they are purely switch and capacitor with no active circuit. I mean, avoiding any op-amps. In discrete time domain, do all the analog signal processing, and then finally with uh, analog to digital converter, we digitize that. Okay. Typically, analog components are are not leading edge when it comes uh, to a manufacturing standpoint, and that's not necessarily the case with, with digital. And that's why the analog components are usually fairly cost effective. Have you 
taken that cost effectiveness out by going to digital and requiring a more expensive manufacturing process? No, we are using exactly a process which is designed for uh, digital. So uh, normally when we have a new process note from leading uh, uh, foundries like Intel or uh, let's say uh, TSMC, uh, the PDK for designing digital circuits, it comes first, few years later, it becomes more mature and then you have analog and RF PDK. So we can start our design already with the uh, digital uh, PDK. So we are not taking out that kind of advantage, but indeed we are adding more advantages when we switch to digital. Let me give you an example. For example, if you have a full radio of FOC design in 65 nanometer and you want to move to, let's say, seven nanometer. So your digital goes much smaller, much cheaper, much more power efficient for the same frequency, for the same functionality. But the analog, it doesn't change that. Even you need to throw away everything and design everything from scratch. If you design uh, the RF part, with the uh, digital RF, your circuit is mostly consisted of switch capacitor and standard very low codes, standard digital circuits. So you can take the advantage of a scaling so that it becomes smaller, cheaper, with much lower power consumption. Okay. Are there particular applications that would better be used for this than others? Uh, based on our exploration, uh, we, uh, we are good, very power efficient with great performance up to about six gigahertz today. And this is with considering, let's say, seven nanometer process. So later on, if three nanometer, two nanometer is mature enough for our designs, it, that frequency can go up. But if we consider up to six gig, we are very good at IoT. Okay. And where are you guys taking the technology with Qualinks? Yeah. With Qualinks, uh, we have explored several different opportunities with that. We have already uh, started and we have a prototype for GNSS application. And by that one, I mean the broadest scope you can imagine. So it can be multiple bands, multi-constellation, and so on. So that's the starting point. We have already a, uh, uh, a prototype of that one with evaluation kit ready, and it is already shipped to a couple of customers. But if we consider the roadmap, we are extending that one to become an ultra low power IoT software defined radio. So you can, uh, the new product we are designing, you can tune it to any frequency from let's say 400 megahertz to 2.5 gigahertz. So it covers a lot of ISM bands, lots of application, Bluetooth, Zigbee, and so on, uh, on top of the GNSS. And then it can, uh, uh, it can be only one chip that it is used for all of these applications. Okay. So from your customer's perspective, the guy who has to design this into his system, are, are there things that have to be done differently because it's digital and not analog? 
Yeah, for sure. It's a certain different uh, level of knowledge that people uh, want to design and um, uh, design the chip they should have. But if you mean from outside, uh, it's a standard chip that the user will not feel if it is a different one. Okay. Did I answer your question? I think uh, so, yep. And what about from the software perspective? Because it seems like you're doing things in software as well. Yeah, we do a lot in software because uh, everything in outside is uh, programmable, like the software-defined radio. So the RF radio by itself is uh, super programmable. The center frequency, the bandwidth, uh, it can be programmed uh, uh, in a very extended and uh, wide range. Um, the output, uh, the interface between the RF and uh, the digital as the ABCs that we have also programmable ABC, it comes to the digital baseband. Also there, we have a digital baseband processor that it can cover a lot of different uh, uh, protocols uh, with the reconfigurability that it has. That is very interesting. I am going to dig a little deeper into this and see what I can uncover. Thank you, Masood. Uh, I appreciate the education. Yeah, you're welcome. That was Masood Tahidian, and he is the CTO and managing partner of Qualinx, and I'm Rich Nass with Open Systems Media.